Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. Monday, March the 6th, Ian Cameron and Alex B. Smith ready to break down this Monday NHL card. Six games on tap, a half dozen uh, here in the NHL for a Monday. Uh, we'll get to that in just a, a second. Before we get to that, we'll get to the recap of yesterday uh, as well at the beginning of the show, as we always do. But first, the BetCast. We want to uh, remind everybody that we have another one tomorrow night, our usual Tuesday night live BetCast. And again, we'll be doing a BetCast live once a week the rest of the season, and into the Stanley Cup playoffs. And Tuesday will be the night that most of them will be, including tomorrow night, March the 7th, 7 p.m. Eastern time, live betting, commentary, lots of fun. I mean, the last few betcasts, especially on these Tuesdays, have been just an uh, absolute blast, just hanging out, kicking it with the viewers and the listeners of the Ice Guys show, watching the games unfold, betting them live, just commentating and uh, giving our thoughts and opinions on what we're seeing uh, drinking a shit ton as well. That's always good as well. And we encourage that on the uh, BetCast. So it's a lot of fun. And if you haven't joined us on a BetCast yet, it's not too late to start. What are you waiting for? DM uh, Bob at Bobano on Twitter or email Bobano350 at gmail.com to request a spot on the BetCast. And we will get you on board tomorrow night for another Ice Guys Live BetCast, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Definitely looking forward to that. Uh, the Sunday card yesterday. Um, Starts with Tampa Bay, Carolina, the TNT game. And if you were sounding off some alarm bells before about Tampa Bay, uh, it's uh, it's basically almost at the point now where we can – we're not at DEFCON 5 yet, but, man, we're getting a lot closer to that level with uh, Tampa Bay last night in a game where they got completely outplayed by the Carolina Hurricanes, a game where they had no shots on goal, not a one in terms of shots on goal in the second period. Uh, of that hockey game following a game where you got uh, basically uh, beaten down heavily by the Buffalo or outplayed heavily by the Buffalo Sabres, a loss the previous day in which their three star forwards got benched as uh, became uh, big time headlines following that game that John Cooper uh, had Steven Stamkos, Nikita Kucherov and Braden Point riding the pine uh, in the third period of that game against Buffalo to think that that was the response yesterday that we got from the Tampa Bay Lightning following that was stunning uh, to me. And it's alarming, I think, if you're a Tampa Bay Lightning. But what's also alarming is people are going high on Vasilevsky, and he's got no answer for it right now. They are shooting the puck over the shoulder, and whether it's not you know, closing off the short side, upstairs, whatever the case may be, they're starting to figure this out about Vasilevsky. And look, um, Vasilevsky's still, to me, you know, obviously a terrific goaltender. He can certainly adjust to it, but he's going to have to adjust to it. I see it, a lot of goals that are beating him now are going upstairs over that shoulder because they know he's so great down low, great covering post to post, you know, getting across. His lateral quickness and movement has always been good for a big guy in that. So, you know, they've got things they've got to figure it out uh, right now, the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. So this has been a bad run for them. Uh, I know there's, there's, that argument there that, you know, let's not panic. This is still a team that could flip a switch at playoff time. Maybe that's true, but boy, I mean, you'd still like to see them playing a whole lot better 
than they have been recently. And uh, Carolina, give them credit because they were coming off two road games. Uh, and certainly they were absolutely uh, dominant yesterday in that uh, six to nothing shutout uh, over uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, what else did we see yesterday? We saw uh, Vegas survive a game effort from the Montreal Canadiens 4-3 uh, yesterday. Uh, Jonathan Quick, I thought he was terrific in the game. I know he gave up a couple of goals in the third period, but I thought he played very well. He, he brought that I'll show you type of you know performance that I thought he'd show you in his debut with the Golden Knights. I'm sure he's still raw with emotion after the LA Kings, you know, traded him. I know that's not something Jonathan Quick wanted. He fully wanted to end his career with the only team he's played for, the Los Angeles Kings, but Rob Blake thought differently, uh, and he ended up pulling the trigger on that trade, and it was a good performance from Quick. Uh, Montreal made a good push late, but not enough as Vegas wins 4-3. Shout out to you, Alex, with the uh, Jonathan Quick, over 23.5 saves as well. Uh, in that game, a low number, you know, 23 and a half for a saves prop is pretty low. And, and we figured maybe a good spot to jump on that, figuring that uh, he's going to want to raise his game and make an impact, make a statement, play well. First game with the Golden Knights, he did that. Uh, and Montre and Vegas gets the 4-3 uh, win. We saw Detroit fall 3-1 to the uh, Philadelphia Flyers uh, on Sunday night. Uh, we ended up seeing the New Jersey Devils, which was, I think, the best game of the day for me from a betting perspective. I mean, we had New Jersey every which way, right? First period puck line. Mm -hmm. uh, we had, uh, I had a small bit on the full game puck line, which did fall short, but other than that, everything else came through. We had New Jersey first period puck line team total over uh, full game over six, six and a half in that game. And it all uh, ended up cashing in as the devils uh, get past the uh, Arizona Coyotes. It wasn't easy, uh, but they did get the uh, five, four win uh, in overtime. Dawson Mercer point streak continues. Nine-game point streak for Dawson Mercer, but the goal streak comes to an end uh, as he fails to uh, find the uh, back of the net. So his goal streak ends at eight, but the point streak for Dawson Mercer continues along now at nine games. But a very good performance. Hell of a start to your debut, uh, to your career with the New Jersey Devils if you're Timo Meyer Scoring his first goal with the Devils in the first period was very, very impactful, noticeable throughout that game. And then at the uh, late game, Seattle, Colorado, give the Kraken credit. Wow, down 2-1. They tie it late, and then they win in overtime with a Yanni Gord overtime goal, 3-2 to beat Colorado. Uh, and the Kraken and the Avs are mirror images, Alex, for the way this NHL season has gone and the way a lot of them do. We're ready to write teams off one week, and we're ready to just shower them with, hey, they can win a Stanley Cup the next week. There is nothing more that conveys that thought process than that Seattle game last night, and I'll explain why. A week ago, we're seeing Seattle lose to Boston at home, getting pounded by Toronto at home. They had been on a bad skid. They got shut out by San Jose. You remember that? The Monday afternoon game on the holiday. And we're starting to think, uh-oh, here we go. Seattle's fading. They might not even make the playoffs anymore. You know, after that Toronto loss, that's how much the struggles for the Kraken were starting to become troublesome. And yet, sure enough, they go back on the road, and what do they do? Beat St. Louis, beat Detroit, beat Columbus, and come back and beat the mighty Colorado Avalanche last night. And now they're on a four-game win streak feeling good again. So look how things can change one week. Mood swings with these teams are very real uh, in the NHL. And then conversely, Alex, Colorado. We're thinking a week ago, look at this team. Six-game win streak, revving it up, getting ready for another Stanley Cup run, peaking at the right time. And what have we seen the last three games out of Colorado? Give up seven and a loss to the Devils. Defense fell apart. Blown out in Dallas on Saturday afternoon. Cough up a late lead last night against Seattle and lose in overtime. Now all of a sudden we're wondering what's up with Colorado after three straight losses. The mood swings and the week-to-week -week premise 
of this league. It's amazing how it changes so drastically, Alex, one week to the yeah. next with these teams. Yeah, and and honestly, it's really maddening. Uh, you know, as somebody who kind of follows naturally more of the Western Conference, the Western Conference teams have just been so streaky where it's hard to get a feel and, and reach on what's going to happen at any given night right now. And, you know, you, you look at, like I said, even look at Colorado, the back and forth, look how tight of a game they played last night, even though they lost. But then you look at, you know, the game before against Dallas, where they just completely no-showed against uh, a division opponent that you're trying to catch at the top of the, uh, of the central. It's just, it's just so odd. The spots too. It's not just that, okay, this is just, it's not like St. Louis at the beginning of the year, right? What St. Louis is doing, they were losing five games and they were winning four, then they lose six. And it's not, it's not streaks like where we can even pinpoint that we're seeing these variables go from game to game where a team can look like literally like I said, from a Stanley cup to contender to a team that should probably be, you know, looking for a lottery pick uh, just in the span of 48 to 72 hours. It, it, it's, it's making it tough for, for us to do our job, obviously, but, you know, still trying to, to get a flow. And of course we talked about it too. This weekend was going to be tough because of all the trades, 70 trades made uh, in this last week, heading up to the deadline. So the most pretty much ever, they said, at least since the merger, uh, so when you're talking about that many moves and, and, and like we said, you know, talking about all these trades where they weren't all these big heavy hitter moves. But even when you look at those depth players, it's still, you know, taking time to slot guys in, taking time to gel. And that affects all of us, especially now, like I mentioned, with the player props that changes everything. You know, I, I mentioned about the Mikey Asimont, how he goes from first line San Jose playing for exercise to now fourth liner or, or a press box guy with a contending team. I use contending team. I should probably say contending team because the Tampa Bay lightning looked absolutely fucking awful yesterday. And it definitely seems like this is the, the, the point in the road, the flag stuck in the ground where, okay, the dynasty run, it's pretty much come to an end. This is still a good team. This is still a dangerous team. Once they get into the playoffs, but I would not advise anybody to have an Eastern Conference future or a Stanley Cup future on the Tampa Bay Lightning right now. Wow, you're going like even further than me, Alex, with the worry. See, I'm worried and I'm concerned, and I think they yes. might get bounced early. But I'm not. I'm not. I'm not at that point yet where I'm saying the dynasty's dead. But you and are. If I'm a, wow. wow. And if I'm a I Buffalo like Sabres fan, if I'm a Buffalo Sabres fan, I'm I'm waking up every morning pissed that you that yeah. they didn't go and get a better goaltender upgrade. In the spot that they're in right now, where they could easily kind of worm right past Ottawa, maybe if they get on a hot enough run, get past Tampa Bay. You already beat Tampa Bay this weekend and did it in, a, in an impressive fashion. And the fact that now you just said, you know what, we're gonna we're just gonna roll the dice with Eric Comrie and Craig Anderson when you didn't have to do that is just it's it, that that is really upsetting. And I'm not even a, a Buffalo fan, so I can only imagine what that fan base is feeling like right now because you have. The clear pathway right now, it looks like, based on what happened this weekend, to make a, a real run and not just getting into the wild card spot, but possibly grabbing that third spot in the Atlantic. And do you really think, like, how confident can you feel running with Comrie and Anderson just even for the next 20, 21 games? You know, I, I just I just find that really strange to me, especially because it wasn't like you had to move, you know, heaven and earth to get a, a goaltender upgrade. You really didn't. And the fact that they, that they didn't, if they fall and find themselves on the outside, they can only blame themselves at this point. I think, uh, you know, Tampa still, like I said, they have the inside track. They, they will be a playoff team. I feel like it would take something really, really bad and, and injuries more than likely for them to just fall out of the race altogether. But once they get into the postseason, 
maybe win a game or two, but man, it, it's looking really bad right now for Tampa Bay. It looks like the rest of that Eastern Conference has figured out how to beat them. Yeah, right. It does. Right now, it does. And yet, how 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 insane! First of all, this this could go one of two ways. Either everything that they're looking like right now comes to fruition in April, and it leads to their run finally being done and they get beaten if not by Toronto in the first round maybe in the second round but they get bounced in one of the first two rounds or this is just Tampa Bay's going through a little funk right now maybe there's some disinterest maybe because the fact that they're pretty much I would say locked into third in the uh, well they can still catch Toronto but they don't look like they're all that they're not playing like a team that wants home ice in the first round there should be something people saying that they're they're bored what do you mean bored you're five points out of second to get home ice in that series against Toronto. There shouldn't be fucking boredom with that. There should be an incentive to let's get home ice. Let's get game seven at Amelie Arena against Toronto, unlike last year. You know, I don't, this is nonsense, this, this argument that Tampa Bay, you know, is bored right now, bored stiff, and they couldn't care less about these games. Don't you want home ice in the first round against Toronto? It's totally asinine to suggest that. This is just not a team playing well. And while I'm worried about their form and worried this could permeate into the playoffs, I'm also aware that this team has that internal register where they can elevate to another level when they need to. And I do leave the door open for that to happen yet again in the first round and in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Sure, it could. Sure, they could find that level. Vasilevsky bounces back. This blue line that I'm very concerned about their depth. That cannot be denied. They don't have the depth on the blue line and the quality on the blue line that they had last year. They don't have Jan Ruda anymore. They don't have Ryan McDonough anymore. Nick Perbix ain't it. Sorry. And some of these other depth defensemen yeah. they have. They jettisoned Cal Foot out of there because he wasn't stepping up to the plate uh, on that blue line this year. That's why they sent him to Nashville in the Genoa trade. You think they wanted to pedal a blue liner, a young blue liner out of town when they're short on depth back there? Not a chance. They did it because he wasn't stepping up. He wasn't playing well for them. That's why they took him. That's why they traded him away. You know, they have issues on the depth of, on the blue line right now. It's three, that, that four, three, I think the top three are okay still, obviously. Hedman, Sergachev, you know, that group's fine uh, up there. There's no question that the top three on the blue line for the Lightning. You got no issues there. But you cannot look me in the eye and tell me with a straight face that four, five, six blue liners on this team are, are better or as good as they were last year. Bogosian, Slow afoot. I know he's physical, but he's slow afoot. Ian Cole, another aging, long in the tooth defenseman, and Hayden Flurry. You know that's your four, five, six. That's not that's not anywhere close to your four, five, six on the blue line you had last year. It just isn't. It just isn't. Yeah. So you know there's definitely concerns in that from that standpoint with Tampa Bay uh, right now. And I think when you look at this team. There's there's a more than enough reason right now with their play to say there's concern that this does seep over into April. I'm not writing the team off. I'm not saying the dynasty's dead. I appreciate Alex's honesty and boldness and and and, uh, and saying, you know, I'm sticking my foot in the ground right now saying it's over for a Tampa Bay. They could obviously turn it on at playoff time. But if you think that these are just issues of boredom, issues of a team not playing well because they couldn't care less. How can you, how could you put ask that? How could you say this team couldn't care about these games when they're five points out of home ice advantage in the first round? Shouldn't that be something you want? Shouldn't that be something you want to play hard for to get? I mean, this boredom, I, this boredom angle that they couldn't care less about these games is just a bunch of garbage. As far as I'm concerned, garbage. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And, and I get where people were kind of going off of that narrative based on what they saw last year, where they did kind of 
you know, rest their foot on the brake a little bit. They weren't going full throttle because they realized that, hey, we've been going full throttle the last few years. We can't just afford to do that. We have to conserve some energy. So I get people looking at that part of the angle. But no, yesterday was a was proof that they're, it's not that, oh, these are just games they don't, don't care about. No, they're getting outplayed and outclassed. Four fucking shots in 40 minutes? Really? Like, for, for a team with Steven Stamkos and Braden Point and Victor had four shots. A team of Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, Perlo Wisdom, Nick Earl, Terry Edelman, and crew could put on our skates. We might get four shots in the period. Seriously. At least. Fucking yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's not like the Carolina. Yes, Carolina's a great defensive team, but they're not the fucking 95 Devils. Like, are you like you, you, this? Isn't it's it's absurd if you think Tampa Bay is, is is resting right now and doing it in this fashion, you are watching something completely different. No, this is a team that has lost some steam and energy. And okay, fine, even if I'm not even mad about the I'm not saying this because they lost six nothing, it's not them giving up six goals to Carolina. Carolina's a damn good hockey team, but when you get shut out, you get held to four shots. Zero shots in the second period, four shots in, in the span of 40 minutes, uh, 14 shots in the whole game. That That's unacceptable for any team in the National Hockey League at any point of the season, in my opinion. But especially a team with this pedigree and this kind of talent in the spot that they're in, like you said, just five points back from getting home ice, preparing. This doesn't look like a team that's preparing for a playoff run in any fashion, be it that they're resting or or trying their, their hardest. They look like a team that's ready to, you know, Fucking just hang out on the beach in Florida uh, all, all season. They probably, like I said, if this continues, and and we still continue to see Ottawa and Buffalo uh, win games two weeks from now, who knows? We might be talking about something crazy as maybe Tampa Bay misses the playoffs. It, it, it's not that far fetched because this kind of a streak and this kind of play, this is wholly uncharacteristic from a Tampa Bay Lightning team. We haven't seen this in well over a decade. When have we seen them go two and eight in a ten game stretch? That's what they've gone. Uh, here in the last that'd be before John before Cooper. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the, the last year that they missed the playoffs, which I think was like 20, what, 2012. Like, yeah. yeah so it, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. But they, they will have the opportunity to bounce back. They couldn't have handpicked a better opponent right now to, to, to try to snap the skid tomorrow night. They get to host the Philadelphia Flyers. So this is going to be their best opportunity to finally get back on track, but uh, let's see it. Uh, and let's see if they're able to uh, do that. And, uh, you know, there was uh, something else I was going to mention here uh, about this. Yeah, the, the the what Alex mentioned, they had no shots on goal in the second period alone. They had four shots on goal for the entirety of the first two periods, the first 40 minutes. Do you know what that's the equivalent of? It's like getting 30 total yards in a football game in this day and age in the NFL. <laughs> 30 total yards. Yeah. That's what that that's how bad that is. Four shots in two periods. It's like getting 30 total yards of offense yeah. in a football game. Yeah, it's and like 30 rushing yards. Shooting in a basketball game <laughs> yeah, these yeah. days where everybody can shoot like crazy. Two for 27 yeah. or something. That's how bad that was. Four shots in two games uh yesterday uh for the uh Tampa Bay Lightning Look, in the first pick, two periods. Pull up, pull up a box score of any AHL, ECHL, SPHL game and tell me how many teams got more than four shots in every period. Yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's stunning. I couldn't believe they went through the whole second period, didn't get a shot on goal. Not one. With that talent, I don't care back to back that you're struggling and you're trailing already, but that that's that's beyond horrendous. Uh, no matter which way you slice it. Well, you know what's hopefully not going to be so horrendous picks that we have here on the Monday show. So let's get into it. Uh, we've got uh, six games on tap, and we will begin 
in Winnipeg with the Sharks and the Jets. We've got Winnipeg minus 200 home favorites, six the total uh, here in this game. It's been rough for San Jose post-trade deadline, no question. These two games that they've played, I mean, St. Louis rolls in there, and it's not like St. Louis was playing any good before they played the Sharks. They roll in there, put a six spot on the board against the Sharks, and then it was even worse against Washington uh, after that on, on Thursday, I should say, that they played St. Louis. And then after that on Saturday uh, against Washington, uh, they actually started strong, 2 nothing lead for the uh, San Jose Sharks uh, early in that game. And then it was just the roof caving in on them the rest of the game after that. Eight goals for the Washington Capitals and an 8-3 to three pounding for the Capitals over the San Jose Sharks uh, in that game. So we'll see if they uh, bounce back here uh, against the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Winnipeg, of course, off the uh, 7-5 to five win against Edmonton. Much needed for a struggling hockey team that had lost five straight games. Uh, seven to five over the Oilers. Uh, the night before, they end up with a six to three uh, loss to the uh, Oilers in the first game. And again, that five-game losing streak had losses to the Islanders twice: Colorado, L.A., Edmonton. To be honest with you, they lost to nothing but good teams. You know, you can't say that there was a bad loss in that stretch for Winnipeg. It's just that you know they weren't able to get the victories in those games. They finally did against uh, Edmonton, seven to five. Very very sloppy game. I think there was some major fatigue. For Edmonton, and actually their head coach, Jay Woodcroft, mentioned that. Uh, actually, this morning when I watched his press conference, they mentioned that, saying, you know, a lot of fatigue mistakes in that game with the puck. Uh, and uh, Jack Campbell wasn't very good either. That didn't help Edmonton in that game, and he took the onus on himself, uh, as he usually does when he doesn't play well for the loss against the uh, Jets that night. But give Winnipeg credit. They needed a response. They got it. Uh, it was an, an incredible night for Josh Morrissey. Two goals, one assist, three points for him as his Norris Trophy status continues to get bolstered. Uh, Nino Niederreiter got his first point with the uh, Winnipeg Jets uh, in that game. The big gun stepped up for Winnipeg. Th this is a game that should win. I mean, you should rest on your laurels and say, hey, we got back in the win column. You know, let's uh, let's leave it at that. No, there's no leaving it at that. You got to get two points tonight if you're Winnipeg uh, here in this game. That being said, I'm not crazy about laying minus 200 or the regulation price i'm just going to make keep it simple and go jets team total here uh, over three and a half i think it's a very very good price very very good number i don't have to worry if they win this game or not i don't have to worry what san jose does or does not do uh, offensively in this game uh, against the uh, winnipeg jets we assume by the way it's going to be connor hellebuck uh, in no it's not it's riddick i should say tonight I was, there we go david riddick in net for the uh, winnipeg uh, jets tonight in this game it's not a back-to-back -back either so I'm a little surprised by that. So uh, I think, I've, you know, with Riddick and Nett, I'm on the Jets team total. I'm on the full game over as well. I have to. I just, whenever I see David Riddick's name, I'm not fully uh, trustworthy game to game, start to start of him shutting the door. And look, we look at the San Jose game since the uh, trade deadline, uh, both of them flying over the total. Nine, game, nine goals against St. Louis, 11 goals against Washington. Uh, both of those games flew over the total. So, with it being Riddick and Ned as opposed to Hellebuck, and uh, I'm going to add that full game total over six as well here uh, in this game. But I do think the Jets get to four here against this Sharks team. They have not defended a lick here uh, in two games uh, following the uh, trade deadline. So the team total for the Jets over three and a half and the full game over split is what I'm going to be looking at here. Uh, Alex, what do you think? San Jose, Winnipeg. So same thing, but different kind of style. I'm going to Jets team total over three and a half. I already laid that at 120, but I'm going to wait in game, try to grab a five and a half uh, for that full game over with, say, with Riddick and that. And just, you know, kind of worried, you know, what, what, 
can we expect from San Jose is, is the question. Like I said, I, I feel confident enough to get in goals from, from Winnipeg, but, you know, I just don't want to be stuck with a, a even a five and a half if this becomes a four nothing or four one Jets win. Uh, so I, I feel more comfortable with the Jets team total, but I will end up trying to sprinkle at least hopefully there's an early goal and I can just forget about it, but at least have that team total in pocket and then try to grab a five and a half in the game. I think we could uh, see that. By the way, I'm just looking at the uh, schedule here for Winnipeg. Uh, you know, at home here, they have been able to score, you know, a good array of goals for the most part at home. I mean, they put up a four spot against Tampa, seven spot against Vancouver in home game. St. Louis, they scored four. They had a little drought where they were struggling to score. They got held to one goal at home against Colorado, the shutout loss to the Islanders. But the last two home games, they put up five against the Kings and, of course, seven uh, against the Oilers on Saturday night. So I like their chances of getting the four here uh, in this game. And I think San Jose could score. Uh, to uh, Brent Norris's chat uh, point in the uh, chat, San Jose scored three goals in the last two games, and actually uh, their team total two and a half could actually hit, especially with Riddick in net. So, <laughs> I mean, they've scored three uh, against St. Louis and Washington uh, the last two games. That's all you need for the team total. So, I think San Jose will get on the scoreboard tonight. I mean, I don't see Riddick pitching a shutout. When does when does David Riddick pitch a shutout? Doesn't happen very often. So, uh, definitely, uh, I like the uh, Jets team total. I wouldn't even hate the Sharks team total over because it's only two and a half, but I like the Jets team total over three and a half and the full game uh, over six. And yes, uh, we were, we're, we're going to talk O'Reilly today because the Leafs aren't on the card, but yes, the O'Reilly news is significant. Broken finger. He's on the long-term injured reserve. No timeline for his return. We're looking at, I know with a broken finger, it's automatically four to six weeks at least uh, right. usually with that kind of thing. So I would expect the regular season's done so for him. It's just a matter of can we get him back in time for game one against Tampa Bay in the playoffs. And did, and did you hear anything about if, if he would need some kind of surgical procedure or not? Because I, I know they were still kind of going back and forth about that. Back and forth. They didn't say surgery required or not, All just right. the broken finger, yeah. Out 10 okay. games. Is that what they th They think it might just be 10 games? Wow. Well, I, yeah, I heard, I heard three weeks, so I think that would roughly yeah. kind of anchor out to about 10 or 11 games. He's on LTIR, so he has to miss 10 games. I think. Yeah. yeah, at minimum, yes. 10, which 10 will, games so. or 21 days or something, so yeah. I agree with that. So definitely uh, keep an eye on that. Yeah, this could be a good spot for Nino to get his first goal uh, with the uh, Winnipeg Jets. I think it's I think it's a possibility uh, at the uh, very least here going into uh, this game against the uh, San Jose Sharks. Uh, we'll see if he's able to uh, do just that here in this game. I'm just looking at some of the recent numbers uh, with the uh, goal scoring. Yeah, Kyle Connor, by the way, has done very well against the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Tomas Hurdle's done well against the Jets as well. Uh, so if anyone's going to find the uh, scoreboard, and I would say if you're going to bet props involving San Jose Barabanov, you know, it's just he's the one of the guys that continues, whether it's a goal prop, a point prop, or both. Uh, Alex Barabanov continues to uh, produce and, and make an impact here for the uh, San Jose Sharks. There's no question. Uh, one of those games, too, where, you know, you look at the Sharks, they've given up 30 plus shots and uh, three straight games. Could be a good game to jump back on. You know, Josh Morrissey over shots on goal. Uh, I definitely think he could go over that number. Sharks are starting to give up a lot of shots on goal uh, once again. So uh, Morrissey, Shifley in particular, uh, their numbers are reasonable for over shots on goal. Uh, I would probably look in that direction as well tonight. All right, Edmonton and Buffalo. We've got Edmonton minus 160 road favorites, seven being the total in this one. So I am not at all surprised this total seven. But even I was a little bit surprised when last night at a couple of books, I actually saw some seven and a halves, and so did our guy Mikey, who of course has been on the show with us during our betcast and a couple of guest appearances during our daily show. Uh, seven and a half was out there, 
with the total in this game at a couple of books. So uh, make no mistake about it. Big adjustment made here. But how the hell do you have confidence with an under with these two teams right now? Uh, the Edmonton Oilers have certainly been lighting up the scoreboard. Uh, they definitely didn't have a great defensive game. They played much better defensively the first two games with Matias Ekholm on the blue line against Toronto and Winnipeg. They kind of took a step backward uh, with the uh, loss to Winnipeg. But again, they played four games in six nights. They hinted at that being a factor. Uh, so we'll see if uh, they can uh, tighten it up. But it won't be easy to tighten it up because we know this Buffalo Sabres team, especially on home ice, can be very, very uh, explosive at the offensive end. They've scored uh, a grand total of 15 goals in their last three home games against Washington, Columbus, and Tampa Bay. You know, So throw out that Boston game. Boston's elite, especially defensively, and they've got the likely Vesna Trophy winner in net for them. So throw out that 7-1 game. But other than that, Buffalo's been scoring the goals in bunches. Uh, yes, Raymond Reddington in our chat must be uh, in my brain and knowing what I'm thinking because I like first period both teams to score in this game. It's the perfect kind of game where, you know, very plausible that we've got uh, both teams scoring uh, in the opening period. And certainly that's a better option probably than even an over one and a half or an over two uh, in the uh, first period. So look to uh, both teams to score, you know, at a plus price. Uh, I definitely think that's a, a good way to go in this game. I like the over, but I'm going to try. And keyword is try to get a six and a half. You know, let's hope. But we just get, give me four minutes, five minutes, both of these teams without a goal so I can get a better uh, number. Cause I don't like betting sevens. I mean, it's pretty pricey. And it's one of those numbers where, you know, four, three, which is a common final score, is a push. That's it. So it is, it is a big deal to try to get a six and a half with a full game total as opposed to seven uh, in the NHL. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to look to wait to see if I can get a, a full game or get a better uh, total, get a better number with the uh, total for the uh, full game. Uh, we'll wait to see if we can get that. And I'm just looking to confirm here that the, uh, yeah, the both teams uh, to score, by the way, uh, in the uh, first uh, period uh, of this game uh, is around plus 125, plus 130. I knew it wouldn't be as you know big a plus price as uh, other games, but uh, definitely uh, even at plus 125 right now for both teams to score first period, it's a very good play. Uh, yeah, and the Buffalo has been, yeah, 36, 40, 35, 30, 50, 41. Those are the shots allowed by the Sabres in six straight games. Uh, Ian James, Ian in our chat, uh, is right on the money there. I think a, if Craig Anderson saves makes a lot of sense in terms of goalie prop tonight. Uh, Craig Anderson over uh, his saves prop, which I believe is 29 and a half, if I'm uh, not mistaken. So, uh, I think definitely with the way the uh, Sabres have been. Uh, giving up a lot of shots. And on the flip side, you've got Edmonton that have fired away 32, 33, and 35 shots uh, in their last three games. So definitely it adds up maybe to look at Anderson uh, in terms of uh, over saves in this game. It's a really good prop game. We do expect a high event game. We do expect points. Uh, we've got some guys that have been uh, certainly in good form. Casey Middlestat suddenly uh, has woken. We've always talked about Cousins and Quinn and Alex Taku, of course, is injured now, but Tage Thompson, Skinner, all these guys. But we have not talked a lot about Casey Middlestat for Buffalo. He has started to heat up. He has a point in seven of the last 10 games. That might be a decent, more of a bargain uh, option there if you're looking at uh, point props tonight uh, involving the uh, Buffalo Sabres because Middlestat to get a point here tonight is only plus 115. It's a very good price. So Middlestat has a point in seven of the last 10 games, plus 115, good value uh, in my opinion there. 
it got, it's hard not to back Dreisaitl to score. Eight of the last ten, he scored a goal. Uh, McDavid, for that matter, as well, in a game of this magnitude. Uh, no question about that. I like Jack Quinn again. Uh, Cousins, you know, Cousins kind of cooled off in a couple of games, but I think he might get a point tonight, minus 118. Sprinkle on a goal prop, plus 250. But Jack Quinn is really starting to heat up for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. I've mentioned his name, you know, multiple times now. We've brought up Buffalo games here on the uh, show uh, and Jack Quinn gets the second power play unit. He's getting more confidence. He has two goals in the last uh, four games, and the, he has uh, five points as well uh, in the last four games for the Sabres. To score a goal, he's plus 350 at FanDuel. Excellent price. Uh, point prop as well. Very much worth a look, too, on uh, Jack Quinn. Uh, what do you think here, Alex, Oilers and Sabres? Yeah, definitely rolling with that both teams to score first period. And I'm actually shocked that it is uh, plus 120, plus 125, because you, you got to lay a dollar five in a couple of shops for the over two in the first period. So when you have to lay a price with two, uh, yeah, the fact that we're getting any kind of plus money with a, both teams to score in the first period is a, a good bargain. Also, like that Craig Anderson uh, over saves, I was actually looking at bet online, you can get at least 32 or more saves for Craig Anderson at plus 106. Uh, you know, he has only he hasn't been pulled in a start this year. He's, he's been in two relief appearances every other start he's played throughout. Uh, so I think he could easily see uh 40 45 shots and, and make at least 32 uh saves out of that uh equation. So I like his saves over prop, and I like both teams score in the first period. Yeah, I haven't bet any side. I do think I kind of lean to Edmonton first period puck line because they lost against uh, Winnipeg Saturday. I could see them maybe jumping on Buffalo early. Buffalo off a big win sometimes, especially at home. They don't always come out strong. You know, I, I they don't always do that. So uh, and that's what bothers me uh, about the Sabres sometimes. So uh, definitely keep an eye on that. So, I, But I didn't bet a pregame side, and I have not bet a pregame total, but I will be jumping on a six and a half uh, for sure. Uh, when that if if that number shows up with uh, live uh, betting, yes, that is a big deal. You're right; they do have a couple injuries, and they just got Riley Stillman as well, the uh, Buffalo Sabers from Vancouver, in a trade before the deadline to shore up and bolster the depth of the blue line. He's out, and so is uh, as you mentioned there, Matthias Samuelson, uh, uh, Christian Sorensen in our chat mentioned in that. So uh, definitely keep an eye on that. Uh, that a uh, couple of injuries on the uh, back end, and Samuelson is one of their better defensive minded defensemen. So. That's not exactly what you want when you got McDavid and Dreisaitl coming into your building. That is for sure. All right, Calgary and Dallas uh, next up. We've got uh, Dallas minus 140, home favorites, six the total here in this game. You know what that old, you know, the old doctor, what's that saying when you, every parent teaches their kid this lesson when they're growing up, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Well, in our NHL betting circles at this time of year, a draw away keeps the, a draw a day keeps the bookie away. A draw bet a day keeps the bookie away. And this is my draw bet for the day uh, right here. Calgary and Dallas uh, draw for me in this game. Calgary nearly went to a draw with Minnesota the other night. That was one nothing deep into the third period before Minnesota got a couple of late goals to seal that game away. Uh, I'm not buying it. The Dallas, after blowing out Colorado now, they're easily going to win games by margin all over again. I think this goes right back to the typical Dallas tonight. It's a tight game. It's a close game. Calgary, they, they, they should be... They should be desperate. I mean, they've played hard. They've played with urgency, Calgary, but they just don't get results. They're not scoring goals. They're just not finding ways to get the goal when they need it. They're finding ways not to get the save when they need it in net. That's their issue right now for the uh, Calgary Flames. So maybe going on the road helps them. Uh, but I ain't backing a side in this game other than the draw. I think it's a close game. Uh, we did see, I believe, this these two teams go to uh, 
beyond regulation, go to overtime or a shootout in Calgary last May, three to two. Earlier this season in January here in Dallas, it was a Saturday afternoon game. It was this close to going to overtime. It ended up being six to five uh, in favor of Calgary. That was a very close game. So, yeah, like I said, a draw bet a day keeps the bookie away at this time of year uh, in the NHL. And for me, uh, this is that game uh, on this Monday night card to take a shot with the draw, plus 332 uh, at Pinnacle. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Flames, Stars. Yeah, I, I lean with the draw. It's not my favorite on the card, but definitely uh, is, a, is a great candidate. These are two teams that have played back-to-back playoff series, a lot of history, a lot of tight contests. And like I said, we haven't seen a, many overtimes, but definitely some tight battles between these two teams. Uh, and, and separately, these are teams that definitely fit the mold of uh, it's a desperate team looking to grab points, you know, not really risking a lot if, if the game's tied late. So definitely would sprinkle on the draw. I got that saw plus three twenty five and a couple of shops. Uh, but I also had the over five and a half. I grabbed that yesterday minus a dollar twenty. That's not pretty much everywhere at six even. I still like it a little bit at six even, but obviously five and a half that was a, a slam dunk for me, especially with Dallas now actually being getting kind of hot and scoring early. You know, this is that all, like I said, that offense, when their offense is rolling, they're as dangerous as anybody in the league. Uh, it's just they got to find a way to be consistent with it. And Calgary is a great team to build some consistency with when scoring, especially early in the contest. You know, Jacob Markstrom likely to start. We know his struggles early in game, seeing the first few shots. So you can maybe even, you know, if you get enough time, watch this in game, see the pace of play. If you're seeing Dallas getting off to some, some good starts and getting some good chances early, maybe sprinkle on that first period over and grab a better price as well. So Alex making a case for the over here with the Flames and the Stars. And there are, is a five and a half at Bet Online. Very important to point that out. So, you know, if you like the uh, the over in this game, find that uh, five and a half. I, I don't like the juice, but I'm laying it with Max Domi over one and a half shots. I don't know why they dropped it to one and a half, but they did for some reason. Uh, one and a half shots. It's minus 182 at FanDuel. Like it's a huge price, but he's gone over one and a half shots in nine straight games. So you've got heavy, heavy percentages in your favor here uh, with that yeah, it, bet. It is weird because it's not like he dropped to the third or fourth line. Like he's he's right on the second line. So yeah, I mean you know yeah, yeah, exactly. that's decent value. And here we are. We we saw him in his uh, first game with Dallas. Still get a, you know that number. Get to that number in terms of his shot numbers. So you know I understand they're a little bit concerned that it's just you know with uh, more options in the top six. Uh, with Dallas and and I get it you know when you're talking about the way he fits into this lineup you've already got you know Jason Robertson you've got Rope Hints you've got Pavelski Mason Marchment Sagan Ben uh, you know you've got more options now but uh, he's still been going over one and a half shots routinely he had two against uh, Colorado uh, in his Dallas debut so uh, for that reason I look toward uh, the uh, shot prop there again lay some juice but I think it's juice worth laying there uh, in that one it goes without saying the uh Michael Backlund's become even stronger a shot on goal prop than uh, Toffoli. Toffoli finally stayed under uh, his shots on goal prop against uh, uh, Minnesota the other night. I wouldn't jump off Toffoli just yet, though, uh, in terms of his shot prop, because Minnesota's really, really suppressing shots right now. They've become like the Carolina of the Western Conference at the moment. Minnesota's not giving up a ton of shots these days. So I think that's part of the reason why Toffoli stayed under in that game against the Wild. So I'd still come back to the Toffoli shot prop tonight uh, over two and a half. And it goes without saying, Michael Backlund's just been rolling over his shot prop. They finally moved it to three and a half. But man, he's with plus price though, plus three, uh, plus 130 for over three and a half shots here. 
on Michael Backlund, but it is worth noting he's still going over uh, three and a half shots as well. If you look at his uh, recent games, I'll just bring up the uh, the charts here and the game log for um, for um, Michael Backlund, but uh, he has definitely been uh, still shooting the puck a lot. Five, 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 four, four, four. Like he's gone over three and a half shots in uh, nine straight games. So you have to go back to 10 games ago when he was held under three and a half. So I think even at three and a half, he's still, you know, a good bet over uh, his shots on goal prop. And with Calgary right now, dare this team to score. It's hard to bet goal props and assist props and point props with them now because you look at what they haven't done offensively here the last two games. One goal in the last two games combined against the uh, Leafs and the Wilds. So that's why I'm a little bit worried about taking a shot with, say, Dylan Dubé points and, you know, things that would usually appeal to me, but uh, the team's struggling. Uh, Dubé point at plus 130, I could see still. And uh, if you're going to take a goal prop, I rem remain steadfast that the guy with the value right now is Jacob Peltier, the young kid. He's made an impact. He's, you know, he's noticeable out there on the ice, even in the games they don't score. And he's plus 400, you know, to find the uh, back of the net tonight. So uh, Jacob Peltier, if you're going to bet someone with some value on the Calgary side to find the back of the net, it's probably... Uh, who I would go with here uh, in this game. But yeah, as far as the uh, shot props go, I think you jump back onto Foley, even though uh, he didn't get it done the last game. Backlund, it goes without saying over three and a half. Max Domi, I mean, laying a big number, but again, he's got two plus shots in nine straight games. So uh, definitely some good up. Uh, Haskinen too. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say no to Haskinen. Haskinen, I believe uh, the last game, he's had a couple where he stayed under, but for the majority of the last 10 games, Miro Haskinen has been a pretty reliable uh, over two and a half shots on goal bet. So I certainly wouldn't talk anyone out of the Miro Haskinen look uh, over two and a half shots on goal. Uh, you know, Mason Marchman, he's a guy that can be, be very streaky and he did score against Colorado. He hasn't had the offensive season he had in Florida last year, but keep an eye on him. If he is noticeable tonight and he scores again tonight, it might be starting to get on that Mason Marchman train like we did at this time last year for the uh, Florida Panthers. We know he can be a streaky player. So if Mush, as he's called, that's his nickname, Mush, if he gets going here for the uh, Dallas Stars down the stretch, uh, it wouldn't totally uh, surprise me. Yeah, Dubé, you're right. Tim York, good call with uh, Dubé. I'm just seeing it now as well, looking at the uh, lineups. Down to the fourth line, it looks like, potentially for Dubé tonight. Yeah, with Lucic and Lewis, two plumbers, you know, two guys that are basically, you know, you know <laughs> defensive-minded forwards, you know, uh, you know, that's... That's that's a message being sent by Daryl Sutter, clearly doing that. So that definitely will probably temper the enthusiasm for Dubé uh, props in this game tonight. All right, good stuff. Uh, that's the uh, first half of this uh, Monday NHL card. 222 live viewers on YouTube. Hit the like button and shout out to our podcast listeners as well. We'll be back with the remaining three games on this Monday NHL card right after we hear from Gramco. Support for the Ice Gas is brought to you by Gramco. Whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, court, or the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 THC products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products, including vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable, legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you. Gramco is also available at many American retailers as well. You can get the best Delta 8 cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. And if you visit 
www.thegramco.com. Use promo code ICEGUYS. You will get 20% off of every order. And any order that's on the site over $50 will be shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. All right, we are back here on the ice, guys. Three games still to go, and we go roll along to Ottawa and Chicago. We've got the Senators minus 260 uh, road favorites, six and a half being the uh, total in this game. I'm worried that uh, we're going to need to get uh, Alex uh, to the hospital in a second. He looks like he's struggling there, but uh, nevertheless, <laughs> it looked like uh, something went down the wrong hole there. But nevertheless, uh, Senators and uh, Blackhawks here. Uh, we've got the uh, Senators minus 260 uh, road favorites here. Ottawa's just on fire right now. What more needs to be said uh, right now in this than, than what we can say about this team is that they're just they're feeling it. They're feeling their oats. It's what they're doing right now. They have got incredible confidence right now. They have just this bolt of electricity has gone right through their dressing room with the acquisition of Jacob Chikrin with their GM Pierre Dorian declaring that, hey, basically, um, you know, this is a team that uh we think is good enough to maybe make a charge and make the playoffs. And boy, they are validating that argument right now. Uh, the Ottawa Senators, uh, absolutely terrific play. Five straight wins for them. Uh, they have been lighting it up. I don't know if there's been a team during this recent, you know, one week stretch, you know, five game stretch that's been better offensively in the entire league than Ottawa right now. They have been that incredible in terms of finding the back of the net. They've scored five-plus goals in every game during this five-game win streak. All five games have gone over the total. Who's not performing well, I mean, right now? Batherson's been great. Stutzla's been amazing. Uh, Brady Kachuk leading by example as captain. Claude Giroux can't be stopped. Hotter than a pistol right now uh, for the Ottawa Senators. You know, absolutely just tremendous hockey being played by this team. Now, this is usually that spot where... You go on the road, you start a road trip, and you play you know, a, a bottom feeder like the Chicago Blackhawks, maybe a flat spot, maybe a look-ahead spot. But if you look at the schedule, uh, Ottawa doesn't play again on this road trip until th Thursday, and they play Seattle. You know, It's not a traditional rivalry. It's not really a spot where I think they're looking ahead to anything. And to be honest with you, I just think they're playing with such great confidence right now. I just think they go in there, get the job done. If anything, they're actually going to be a little pissed off that when they played Chicago a few weeks ago, uh, in Ottawa, Ottawa coughed up a 3-1 lead, lost in overtime to Chicago uh, in that game at home. So if anything, Ottawa's going to want redemption. I think they get redemption uh, here tonight against this uh, Chicago Blackhawks squad. I can't. Uh, Chicago's played the way I expected them to post-trade deadline. You know, they have the 5-2 loss against Dallas and then the 3-1 loss against uh, Nashville. Scoring is going to be an issue for this team probably uh, moving forward. There's no question they've scored just uh, four goals now in the last three games. That's definitely not going to cut it. Uh, we'll see if they can pump it up offensively here. And we know that in terms of their defensive game, that hasn't been necessarily great either. They give up three to Nashville. They give up the five spot to Dallas, four goals to Arizona and Anaheim, who aren't exactly great hockey teams. So this definitely looks like a very, very tough night ahead for the uh, Blackhawks. So I targeted New Jersey to just, you know, put a whoop, not put a whooping, but do offensive damage at least against Arizona because actually Arizona scored four against them. I think Ottawa will do significant, you know, uh, damage offensively tonight as well. So I'd look at an Ottawa first period puck line here uh, in this game. Uh, I'm going to jump on that. The team total for sure uh, over three and a half. You got to lay a price, you know, around the, the minus 150 range or so, but I do like it still Ottawa team total uh, over three and a half. 
uh, in this game uh, at minus 145 at Pinnacle. I actually still like the full game over as well at, at six and a half. My concern here is Chicago. How do they contribute? What do they contribute to the proceedings offensively? But I still think they could get a couple here at home. They are playing on home ice. And more than anything, we're just riding this offensive juggernaut. So again, with this total being six and a half, we got a Senators team that scored in five plus goals in every game during this win streak. I think they can get to five. You know, you get a couple from Chicago. There's your over. I think it can get there. So first period puck line sends, sends team total over three and a half minus 145. And also the over six and a half. And yeah, Stutz low over shots on goal. Wash, rinse, repeat. We've been consistently betting that. We're betting that again. This is a good game to look at some props and maybe a same game parlay of Senator point props. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. And Chikrin too. One thing I've noticed, an occupancy, good call there in the chat, noticing this. He's jumping up in the play. He's got the green light from DJ Smith and the coaching staff. Jump up into the rush. Activate from the blue line. Push that offense. Drive that offense maybe more than you did with Arizona. Because he's doing that a lot more now with Ottawa than he did in Arizona. He, of course, scored his first goal with the Senators against Columbus the other night. Absolutely. With this newfound, you know, ability, not ability, but he's been given the clearance, basically. We're playing aggressive offensively. We've got the weapons now offensively. Jacob Chikrin, you're going to be a part of that. Uh, jump into the play. Shots on goal prop. Point prop for Chikrin's only minus 125 at DraftKings. And, yeah, you could sprinkle even on plus 385 to score a goal. Why not? I mean, he scored the other night, and he's shooting the puck a lot. So I wouldn't talk anyone out of that at all. What do you think here, Alex? Ottawa, Chicago. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Look, I mean, Ottawa's playing fantastic hockey. Chicago's trying to, you know, get that tank rolling in, in uh, proper motion now, uh, heading toward the bottom. But the thing that's interesting is when you look at these historical trends that go back a long way, you have to try to figure out what is the the reason behind this. And it's kind of hard to figure out why Chicago has dominated Ottawa for so long. Obviously, of course, during the, the, the dynasty decade, it makes sense. And Ottawa had some more bad teams than good teams over the, the last few years. But like you said, you look at that, you know, uncharacteristic kind of a loss. I guess maybe it wasn't uncharacteristic at the time for Ottawa. It seems like now it's kind of shocking that Ottawa would have a 3-1 lead blown to Chicago at home. You could maybe expect that on the road or in a in a bit of a tough sandwich spot scheduling-wise, but that wasn't the case. So I think Ottawa does come here, uh, you know, jazzed up. And, and like I said, they have a newfound energy amongst themselves. You know, you hear, like I said, Drew, you know, uh, pressing the front office to make moves. Well, they made moves. Now they have Jacob Chikrin. Now you were hearing, you know, some of the guys in the press conference talking about, you know, we really gear off the fans, you know, uh, you know, being amped up in the, in the crowd night after night. So now they're hoping, you know, draw some more people and, and some more bodies and make some more noise, uh, you know, in, in their barn and, and, you know, act like a team that might be, you know, actually trying to run and make a, a move toward the postseason for once uh, in a long time. So I do think we see a good effort from the night. But like I said, hard to trust what Chicago is going to give you one way or another. I'm going first period over. I laid 140. I'm seeing 145s. I'm seeing all the way up to 165. So with that, I said wait. If uh, if you can't get a 140 or 135, wait. Grab it in game along with the full game over at five and a half. Chicago's been trending toward the first period over, but it has not been the quickest of starts. I think we'll have enough time to grab one and a half and five and a half at better prices in game. But definitely leaning with the first period over more than the full game just because I'm really worried about Chicago with – you know, maybe they come out with some energy early, but I think Ottawa could put it away late. And I think they could do enough defensively to shut down Chicago where this could 
maybe just be a I'm thinking four two final. Not necessarily. This is not going to be a, a just up and down track meet. I don't think, especially from Chicago's. It's just it's going to be hard to find that offense consistently night after night. We saw when they had Kane and Lafferty how uh, porous you know and, and struggling the offense could be at times. Now without those guys around at all, the 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 rough nights are going to be really rough. Chicago. Okay, so. The last time I did this with Alex DeBrinkett playing his old team, he let me down. He really did in Ottawa when Chicago played there. I thought he'd make more of an impact. Uh, he didn't in that hockey game. Uh, and uh, not that he played poorly, but when you're playing your old team for the first time and they didn't want to keep you, or uh, obviously I think they probably did deep down, but they just decided not to keep him. I expected a little bit better in terms of just one shot on goal from him. Now he did have a point. He did have an assist in that 4-3 uh, Ottawa lost to Chicago uh, a couple weeks ago, but I expect uh, an even uh, now that he's going back to Chicago tonight, you know, going back to the place he played for a few years, Alex to bring it. I think tonight's the night he might explode. So I'm on that over two and a half minus minus one forty shots on goal for to bring it tonight yeah. uh, in this game. Uh, it's a reasonable price, reasonable number. And this, by the way, is a hell of a game to put some kind of point parlay together. I'm going to do that right now. Let's have some fun. Let's get it up. I'm going to get the same game parlay builder going here. Let's get the point prop. I'm going to – and that's all the players for Ottawa that are feeling it right now uh, for them offensively. So we're going to have some fun with this. This is going to be a live same game parlay point builder right here uh, on the show before we move to the uh, next game. We're going to put one together right now. I'm using Bet365 for this. Batherson, Chikrin, Debrinkit, Giroux, Stutzla, because they're all they're all firing right now, these guys, and Kachuk. There we go. Let's stop there. That's good enough. That's one, two, three, four, six players, all to get one point tonight. Stutzla, Kachuk, Giroux, Debrinkit, Chikrin, Batherson. Put them all together in a same-game parlay plus 700. There you go. I'm on that. There you go. Let's have some fun. Uh, Ian, run that one more time. These are just fun, fun bets, but bankroll builders, if they cash, make no mistake about it. I like that. And these are all players that like I'll rhyme off the stats of all of these guys in terms of point pro, in terms of the points they have scored lately. Kachuk is on a point streak, five game point streak going into tonight. Um, you've got Debrinket, who is on a one, two, three. He's gotten a point in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of the last eight games. So that's a good positive expectation bet. Uh Timmy Stutzla for the uh, Ottawa Senators, who's been shooting the puck a ton. I like his shots on goal. He has points in four straight games for the uh, Senators. Batherson, who's on this list uh, of the, this parlay I put together, he has a point in four of the last five games for the uh, Ottawa Senators. And the, the risky one is Chikrin because he just got there. And But still, I mean, he had four shots against uh, Columbus. You know, he shot there, I believe, yeah, no, two shots, but he had two points in that game uh, against Columbus. You know, he didn't have any in his debut with against the Rangers with Ottawa. But at home, he had two points. He probably felt more comfortable having a game under his belt. I think he's still worth throwing into that parlay. You could take Chikrin out if you want, make it a five-teamer, but you won't get as good of a price. See, with Chikrin in that parlay, it's plus 700. What happens if I take Chikrin out? You know, I'm going to uh, put that – I'm just going to uh, put that uh, parlay together without – uh, Chikrin right now and see what the uh, price is on that. Uh, if it's just a, uh, let me just see here. There we go. Plus 450 without Chikrin. Still pretty good. But you throw Chikrin into that into that parlay, it's plus 700. You know, it's a lot better. Uh, so there you go. Uh, 
I'm on that. That's a real, I think it's got a real shot. It's got a real shot. They're all red hot and, and they're all either, either on consecutive game point streaks or points in five of six, four of five, seven of eight, something like that. So um, really good look there. Again, put a couple bucks on that. And hey, if it cashes, you're going to notice it. All right, we've got uh, Nashville and Vancouver. Uh, even money here, minus 110 both sides. Uh, the total six here uh, in this game uh, tonight. Um, I like Vancouver here, minus 110. I mean, I'm always a little bit worried that, you know, they beat Toronto. That's There's always some extra little, you know, enjoyment you get when you beat the Toronto Maple Leafs, especially with Toronto as good as they are and Vancouver having the tough season they've had. You beat Toronto, you feel good about it. Maybe you're let, a letdown possibly tonight, but I think they're building a little bit better play overall as a hockey team. And boy, does it help to have Thatcher Demko back. I can't say enough about how good he was against Toronto. Uh, he was absolutely sensational uh, in that. Whatever rust he had against Dallas, his first start, <laughs> he got that out of his fucking system in a hurry uh, on Saturday night. He was fantastic. Uh, against Toronto. It was a big reason why uh, they ended up getting that victory uh, on Saturday night. Um, and look, Nashville, I'm waiting for Nashville to finally start losing, and they have not necessarily done that here. But, you know, they're going out to the West Coast here. Uh, we'll see how they fare in this game, but I'm pretty sure that long-term in uh, Vancouver, Vancouver's done. Actually, Nashville's actually won a couple in Vancouver, but still long-term, you go back years and years, Vancouver, I know, had had a lot of success when hosting Nashville. Nashville's won two in a row against Florida and Chicago, uh, and I give them a ton of credit for that. You know, they're a weird team where they've given off pieces. They've they, they've basically, you know, gotten rid of some players, but at the same point in time, you know, they haven't totally gotten rid of everybody and players that they do have. Some of them have stepped up for the uh, Nashville Predators here in these uh, last few games, including our guy, Thomas Novak. Someone in the chat's already mentioning him. Yes, Thomas Novak is just a, a point machine right now for the uh, Nashville Predators. He has collected six points in the last eight, or I should say points in six of the last eight games. So, yeah, the Novak point prop worth a look. Beauvillier is worth a look. He continues to make impacts for the uh, Vancouver Canucks, uh, you know, and he's uh, the change of scenery has done him well. I'm not going to go crazy with the point props, the goal props, the assist props in this game, simply because I think this could be a lower scoring duel uh, with these uh, two teams. Because, look, let's the Vancouver over days are coming to an end, unfortunately. It was a great run with the overs in Vancouver games, but they've gone under in four of the last five. This is what Tockett wants to see. It better focus defensively, you know, shoring things up in your own end. I still don't think they've got the blue line one through six to play this way consistently overall, but right now they are tightening it up and whatever mistakes they do make, they've got the best goalie they have, Thatcher Demko, uh, back from injury, ready to clean up some of those mistakes that they make. So nothing on the total, but I do like Vancouver just a little bit here. Uh, minus 110 uh, in this game. Oh, is it Seelovs here for Vancouver? It is. Seelovs yeah, uh, yeah. here for, although he's played a little bit better the last couple of games, that young Latvian kid. So, you know, keep an eye on that. But that obviously changes things a little bit. And obviously it's changing things in the betting market uh, as well, because this total was six. It's now six with juice. I'm even starting to see six and a half. So they're betting this thing over and they're betting Nashville uh, as well right now with the Seelovs news. So yeah, that does put a damper on the Vancouver look, but, uh, I'll still, I'm still playing it. I might just lessen the amount with the uh, news of the uh, starting goaltender. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Predators, Canucks. This is more likely to be a pass for me. I was looking to maybe play the draw here. 
Uh, he said Nashville definitely, you know, has a, a puncher chance of, of trying to climb back into a wild card spot, but they need a lot of help and they got a lot to do. And, you know, this is kind of a, you know, they're a paper tiger when you look at this record right now. You know, the last six wins, you beat Florida twice, you beat Chicago, you, uh, you know, beat, uh, you know, Arizona and San Jose, you know, already beat Vancouver, but you needed a, sh a shootout to do that in a 5-4 battle. So this is not really, uh, you know, an impressive stretch we're seeing Nashville, despite them getting points and winning games. They haven't been doing it in the most impressive of fashions. But Silovs and Net kind of raised some concern for me, too. So this is probably the stay-away game for me uh, of the night. I, I have plays on everything except this one. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. I like a couple shots, props here. Uh, Miller for Vancouver. Uh, he's really been, uh, especially uh, on home ice, been going over his shot prop. Uh, good look there as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and also, like I said, Beauvillier to get a point. Beauvillier, again, that change of scenery. I could And Thomas Novak. How can we not look toward a Thomas Novak prop once again for uh, Nashville? Uh, he's been producing the uh, points for sure. And I wanted to go back to the Calgary game. There's someone I wanted to mention. It just clicked in my mind. Do you know who's been all over the ice for them the last few games up front, even in their two losses against Toronto and Minnesota? Like, he's been all over the ice. Chances galore, physical. You know, you just noticed him on the ice. And he's probably a good shots prop candidate tonight for Calgary. Blake Coleman. I mean, Blake Coleman, really, the last few games, I mean, he's just been all over the front of the net. So he, he's doing everything he can for that team. So I'd put a look toward Blake Coleman over his shot prop tonight. And again, when you're talking about Calgary shot props, um, you're talking about, you know, Coleman's not the uh, Toffoli and Backland where, you know, you've been getting a lot of, uh, you know, two and a half with juice or three and a half with Blake Coleman. It's over two and a half minus 108. So it's very, very reasonable. Uh, and Blake Coleman's definitely been, uh, I, I just the last few games been all over the place for Calgary, all over the ice, noticeable chances, plenty of shots, plenty of opportunity, getting to the front of the net, getting to the blue ice, the blue paint, as they say. So uh, definitely, I think that's a good prop look for Calgary. Just clicked in my head to mention that just now. All right, Washington and L.A., final game of this Monday card. Kings minus 145, home favorites, six and a half the total. Uh, Blues, uh, the Kings beat the Blues on uh, Saturday night uh, for a, a four to two uh, victory. Uh, in that game, very solid, sturdy in a debut in net for Jonas Corposalo, uh, who made his uh, first start with the Los Angeles Kings there. That's three wins in a row uh, for L.A. But now they take on Washington, who beat up uh, San Jose 8-3 to and then beat uh, Anaheim in overtime. Uh, and they did have that win against the Rangers, but again, Rangers kind of scuffling a little bit. It's really started with that loss against Washington, but I bring that up because if you look at Washington, they're still only three and seven in their last 10 games. And the only quality win was the Rangers. The other two wins were Anaheim and San Jose, you know? So that's while I did take Washington against San Jose uh, and I thank them for the win. It was very comfortable, easy blowout win, but I'm not ready to get back there with Washington tonight. That being said, I thought the price initially was a little high on LA. It was minus 160. It was up there, but it's been bet down a little bit. There has been some money on the uh, Washington Capitals uh, here for this uh, game tonight. Phoenix Copley has been confirmed uh, in goal for the uh, LA Kings. It wouldn't surprise me, Alex, to see Todd McClellan go on a goalie rotation back and forth. Copley, Corpusalo, Copley, Corpusalo, because I think he's going to let these guys determine for him who's going to be the playoff starting goaltender. Right. I think it's an open competition right now for LA, who's going to be their starting goaltender. Uh, in the playoffs, you'd be tempted to give it to Copley because of how good he's been. But at the same time, I think you bring in a Corpus Allo who was playing very well on a bad Columbus team. You give him that opportunity uh, to compete 
for the starting job. And I think that's what you're going to uh, see a uh, Copley Corpusalo duel down the stretch here. I totally agree. And uh, if I'm a clown, yeah. I'm, I'm, oh, wait, you hear me? Yep. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. It, all right. So yeah, if I'm Tom McClellan, the, the way I look at this is that, yeah, I give Corpusalo at least the bulk of the work, see if he can prove himself to be the emerging number one contender. But also, even if he doesn't, it's still giving Copley rest. Cause I think that's the biggest thing. I think Copley's in good form overall, but it's a lot of minutes for him to shoulder. Not really familiar with, with carrying this kind of an NHL workload and, and for a team that's, you know, heading toward the postseason. I think you just want to kind of keep both guys fresh and balanced. And if Corpusalo does come in and, and take the reins, so be it. But also, like I said, you're still giving, you know, Copley kind of the, let's just give you a little bit more of a breather. And, you know, if you're feeling, you know, if you're good in the starts that you have, then you've proven your worth. Obviously, we care because we gave you the, the contract extension. So, you know, they're not just burying him and just saying, oh, here comes the new guy. It, it's a it's a balanced enough competition to where both guys can still excel and, and both guys have a job to, to to uphold in these last 20 or, or so games with the Kings, regardless of who gets the game one started once the playoffs. Yeah, um, definitely. I think that's and I think that's what's going to make the L.A. Kings a bit of a tough, tough, a tougher team to bet against. Obviously, you still pick your spots and you've got to see if, you know, if there's good value to go against L.A. when 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 the opportunity arises. But. I think that makes it tough to bet against LA because you got a goalie that's going to be taking the net every night that's going to be fired up and motivated as shit to play yeah. his best because he wants to be in the playoffs. He wants to be the guy in between the pipes for the LA Kings in April. So I think you've got a goalie that every night for McClellan is going to want to go out there and stand on his head because he knows that's that's the way we're going. To, I'm going to get the job at playoff time. So I think that motivates both. Yeah, that's a great point. Someone in our chat saying Copley facing his, the team he was with at one time. Yeah, he was yeah, a member of the Capitals. That too, yeah. No doubt. You're always up for those games. You're always up for it when you were a member of an organization and they decided uh, it did, didn't work out or they didn't keep you, whatever the case may be. You're always fired up. So I ain't on Washington. Um, I just thought the price was – I lean L.A. I might, I might wait for a live betting opportunity. Uh, in this game, Washington has dominated, though. I do want to mention that series history. Yeah. I think maybe that's playing a, a role possibly in the money coming in on the Capitals because they have won six of the last seven meetings and they've won three straight in L.A. Uh, against the uh, Kings. So they've come to L.A. and won three straight times. But different Capitals team, you know, a little bit. Uh, again, the Capitals, the only win of quality in their last 10 games was the Rangers and the other two were against bottom feeders. So. Like I say, I would only play L.A. I just didn't love the uh, where the price opened at minus 160 uh, here in this game. It is worth noting, too, with this uh, Capitals team, Alex. They're banged up on the blue line. Carlson's already been out for a while. You've got Martin Fahervari and Nick Jensen now out. So you're going to be uh, testing your depth a little bit uh, on the blue line moving forward here if you're Peter Laviolette. So, you know, let's see how the uh, Capitals withstand that. But they've got cluster injuries on the blue line. And, you know, from that standpoint, what that means for me. It means I don't usually like trusting a team always uh, to uh, be able to defend at a high level. I mean, you've got Alexander Alexiev up from the minors, Vincent Iorio as well up from the uh, minors. And so look at this, look at this uh, three, four, five, six on the blue line right now for Washington. After Rasmus Sandin and Trevor, who just got there, by the way, in the trade with the Leafs, after Rasmus Sandin and Trevor Van Riemsdyk, who are playing top pairing, on defense, they've got Matt Irwin, who's a journeyman, Gabe Carlson, who's barely had a cup of coffee in the NHL, and then these two young kids, Alexi Evan Iorio, on the third pair. That's not good. That's not good for tonight. 
at least against LA. So that you know what that means? I think that means for me that team totals calling my name on the uh, LA Kings tonight. I might look in that direction here over three and a half. And I cashed a ticket with that against St. Louis. I went the uh, team total route with the uh, LA Kings and they got to a four uh, in that game for me. And it's only plus 104 at Pinnacle on that over three and a half for the LA Kings team total. Uh, I think that's, uh, that's uh, piquing my interest for sure. Alex, what do you think here? Capitals, Kings. Yeah, I grabbed the draw at plus uh, 340 earlier and uh like i said this just seemed like one of those games with especially the capitals too like i said they just need points uh you know like i said those are different caps teams that have been dominating against la and even with those wins they've all been fairly close battles back and forth we know how la it seems like every other night they're playing a game that's going into ot uh and like i said but that capitals blue line that's that is kind of a, a cause with concern and certainly something to, to watch for moving forward. I think this one stays close, but I think Washington could be very susceptible to giving up a lot of goals with that blue line moving forward. So caps overs will definitely be something to look at. And maybe even, a, I don't know about end game. I think we could probably see some scoring early here in this contest back and forth, but I like the draw enough. That's the only thing I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So liking the draw here in a, what Alex thinks will be a competitive game here. And yeah, you can get the draw. Uh, at, a, at What did you get on that draw, uh, Alex? 340. 340. Yeah, I see 340, 350. Pinnacle sometimes has it a lot better and higher, only 10 cents higher, plus 350 there. So, uh, but still a very good price there if you're looking at the uh, draw uh, in that game. And some props for this uh, game here tonight uh, with uh, this uh, matchup Kempe over shots on goal, Fiala over shots on goal, worth a look. And again, we still have some streaks going on here. TJ Oshi with a point in five straight games. Uh, I, I definitely think that's worth a look. He has been. Uh, definitely in good form uh, lately, and it's carried over since Ovi got back. Uh, I know Ovi been, being back as clear, always is going to help the team, but I think Ovi's played, or Oshi, I should say, has played even better than Ovi. Uh, minus 105 to get a point. That's it for Oshi. Think about that. Minus 105 to get a point. TJ Oshi, he's gotten a point in five straight games. So uh, that is an excellent uh, price there for that, considering the production we've seen from him lately. Victor Arvidsson's gone over his shots on goal eight of the last 10 games. I think that's probably a shots on goal candidate for the Kings as well uh, in this game. But uh, on the Washington side, yeah, that's number one here. And watch out for Gabe Velarde. You know how Gabe Velarde early in the season – Alex, how many times did I mention Gabe Velarde props on this show? A ton in October and November, and he was heating it up, and his prices were way off. But then he went into a little bit of a funk. And look, he, obviously, you're going to go into a slump at some point, no matter how good a goal scorer or how good of a player you are. Well, look now who's starting to heat up again for L.A., Gabe Velarde. Goals in three straight games, points in three straight games. So at plus 280, I'm even seeing plus 300 in a couple books. I'm back to the goal prop tonight with uh, Gabe Velarde. Goals in three straight games here for the LA Kings. The point prop for him is only plus 104 at FanDuel uh, as well. So I like that prop as well. I've mentioned Dursey uh, to get a point and to get an assist. Uh, you know, those are still playable. Uh, he's definitely been uh, chipping in points from the back end. Dursey uh, fueling the offense, getting it going, uh, factoring in on the goals. So uh, definitely those props I would consider here as well for tonight with the uh, Caps and the Kings. All right, great stuff. That's the Monday card. We appreciate it. Hit the like button uh, if you're watching on YouTube. Patreon.com slash guys. just $10 a month. Uh, power ratings, goalie charts, totals charts, our daily show betting card, uh, and more, including bonus video content. Uh, a lot more coming up with that. 
in the weeks ahead. Sign up at patreon.com slash ice guys, just $10 a month. Also check out the ice guys store. That's uh, iceguys.mysprite.shop.com. Seven days remaining, 20% off everything in the store. It's any item that's hoodies, caps, t-shirts. Spring is on the way. Nice weather is coming up pretty soon. So uh, get outfitted with some Ice Guys merch. Check out iceguys.mysprite.shop.com. And yeah, it can't come a moment too soon. Uh, the, the better weather, that's for sure. Uh, all right, we'll wrap it up with best bets uh, right after we hear from Manscaped. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS. That's promo code I-C-E-G-U-Y-S at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, it's about 14 million balls that you can preserve. The Performance Package 4.0 is the complete accessory package to take care of everything that is required. You've got, of course, the Lawnmower 4.0, takes care of your facial hair, uh, and among other things, uh, you've got, of course, the Weed Whacker. I'm approaching 40. Nose hair has become a major issue. It pisses the hell out of me. I need to take care of that shit, and the Weed Whacker can help you do that. Both of these products, waterproof and a 4,000K LED spotlight for a more precise shave. And you'll also be able to take care of those delicate areas with the ball toner, with the ball deodorant. Keep you smelling good, looking good, and feeling good down in the nether regions. This complete performance package 4.0 will take care of everything for you, for all you guys out there. And it's courtesy of our good friends at Manscaped.com. So get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. And use promo code ICEGUYS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, we're back here on the ice, guys, and it is time for best bets here for a Monday. Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? All right, we're going to go on to a uncharacteristically late 8 p.m. start on the west side of Chicago. You got the Hawks hosting the Ottawa Senators, and we're going to go with that first period over. Uh, FanDuel right now has one and a half minus 136. I would definitely recommend grabbing that now. If you're seeing anything higher than 140, I would recommend grabbing this a couple of minutes into uh, the game of the first period before best bet purposes on the show. We were going to grade this at one and a half minus 136. Definitely try to grab uh, the best number possible with Sens and Hawks first period over. It's my best bet for Monday. All right, there we go. Sens and Hawks first period over and a decent number minus 136 or so with that for a uh, best bet for Alex B. Smith. Uh, my best bet for this uh, card. Uh, I like the uh, full game over and the team total over in this game, both, but I'm going to gravitate more because I like that price. It's really good. The team total for the Winnipeg Jets tonight against San Jose. We'll roll with that for our best bet tonight. Winnipeg Jets team total uh, over three and a half minus one. Uh, it was minus 120. It's gone up to minus 130. Uh, I still like it at that price. I think the Jets get to four. We see what San Jose's allowed in two games post deadline, eight goals to Washington, six to St. Louis. It's not even a great hockey team uh, since they traded everybody. So, I think asking Winnipeg to get four past the San Jose Sharks isn't asking too much. They have scored five and seven, by the way, the Jets in their last two home games. 
Look for more of the same tonight. Winnipeg Jets team total over three and a half, minus 130 for best bet for me for this Monday card. That'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. We appreciate it very much. Live betcast tomorrow night on Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you join us for that. Live betting, commentary, drinking is encouraged uh, as well. DM me at Bobano on Twitter or email Bobano350 at gmail.com and we'll send you the link for the BetCast tomorrow night. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Monday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Tuesday. Daily show and betcast coming your way on Tuesday on the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. 